Hello and welcome everybody to the Bring the Sting podcast. As always, this is your host, Evan Birchmore, coming at you on Monday, October the 31st, 2022. Happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Let's go ahead and dive on in the week two review for the Charlotte Hornets. Three games were played this past week, an overtime loss against the New York Knicks, a loss against the Orlando Magic, and a thrilling overtime victory over the Golden State Warriors on your home court. Guys, what a win to cap off the week, to get a win to kind of finish the week on a high note, right? But we're going to go ahead and move on through the games of the past week, guys. Of course, it starts off in Madison Square Garden. You're taking on the New York Knicks. Yet again, shorthanded. You know, obviously, still no LaMelo Ball, still without Terry Rozier, still without Cody Martin. And you put up a good fight. I mean, a game that really, if you watched it, New York controlled the game, I would say, throughout, but you rally to force overtime. You're down eight heading to the fourth, and you rally to force overtime. You had a shot to win at the end of regulation, and some things that I, I probably would have liked to have seen play out differently at the end of regulation, where you basically end up with a a Gordon Hayward forced, like kind of a, a runner where he wasn't able to get set, kind of just had to get something up on the rim. P.J. Washington, I thought, had a decent look at a three, but perhaps he just thought too much time was left on the clock. Whatever the case may be, did not end up converting at the end of regulation. PJ then knocks down what appeared to be a three-pointer to send it to double overtime, but his foot was on the line, barely on the line. Like if he had a a shoe size, one size smaller, would have been a three-pointer. But alas, you fall in overtime, guys, 134 to 131. But I was proud of the effort. You know, you look at 134 and you say defense wasn't that great. You know, Jalen Brunson goes off 27 points, 13 assists, a a signing that I think is working out fairly well for the Knicks. You know, he's a good player, right? Whether whether or not they overpaid to get him, he's been good for them. And I think it was, you know, if you just looked at the box score and did not watch the game, you would have thought the Hornets played bad defense. But I really don't even think it was a case of bad defense. I just think it was a case of better offense, right? I think Jalen Brunson and the Knicks in general – just made so many tough shots, especially in the paint, like turnaround fadeaway shots in the paint. I mean, they go off for 74 points in the paint. It seems like a lot of those, you know, just eye test, were these difficult like fadeaway turnaround shots, particularly by Jalen Brunson. I thought Dennis Smith Jr. held his own, did an admirable job despite the numbers that Jalen Brunson was able to rack up in that game, you know, and a tough loss. You know, when it goes to overtime, I know we all have, kind of this PTSD from all the overtime losses last year. You know, the record is what it is. 0-7 in overtime games last year. There's a different coaching staff, but still, you get back into an overtime game, and you just say, oh, Lord, here we go again, and you can't finish it out. You know, that makes it – you had run up 10 consecutive overtime losses after that Knicks game, right? Going back to two seasons ago, the 2021 season was the last time you had won an overtime game, and – For a team that's kind of, you know, the margins are small in the NBA. I mean, we saw that last year, 10th seed even with 43 wins. A couple of those overtime games go your way. Maybe we're having a different conversation. Hey, maybe James Borrego is still your coach if you win a couple of those OT games last season. So a tough pill to swallow, but you're proud of the fight as well. You fight back from multiple deficits to get it back to within one shot of the win. And hey, Hayward was your best healthy player in that game. I'm okay with him being the guy who takes the shot to try to win the game. Uh, You hate to see Kelly Oubre get a tech 
and, and basically kind of gift wrap the Knicks a point there in the overtime period ended up being a crucial error on the part of Kelly Oubre. But hey, you know, you live and you learn, you go on to the next one. And it was an obvious letdown spot, and it, you, you got let down. I mean, what else can you say? It's Friday night in Orlando. The Magic entered that game winless, right? You're coming off an emotional loss against the Knicks in overtime. You got the Warriors coming to town Saturday night. Very easy to overlook a Friday night in Orlando, particularly they were down a ton of players, guys. No Jalen Suggs, no Cole Anthony, just to name a few. And, and, and just, you know, cold shooting night all around. Just not a good night. From the floor, guys, 30 points in the first half as well. So that was not good. That was actually your lowest amount of points in a half since February of 2020 against the Spurs, guys. That's how long it had been since you had an offensive half that was that poor. So, again, I mean, you just look at the numbers. 29% from three, 38% from the floor. You go basically 67% from the foul line as well. If you just go down the box score, I mean, it's a fairly even game otherwise, but just a cold shooting night all around. And those are going to happen in the NBA, right? I mean, you're not going to you're not going to shoot the lights out every night. But where can you turn when you're not knocking down shots, guys? Just not a good performance offensively. You did put up 40 in the fourth quarter when Orlando kind of took their foot off the uh took their foot off the gas, so to speak, to make it more respectable. But you enter that fourth quarter, guys, sitting on 53 points. That's no good. You're going to see a lot of halves where this team surpasses 53 points, much less three quarters worth of play. Hayward gets you 18. Next up was Nick Richards with 14. Uh, Ubre had 12. Book Knight had 11. And that was it for double-digit scorers. So, again, you get some of the young guys run in garbage time. You know, Kai Jones gets out there. Mark Williams. Uh, McGowan's got some minutes as well. J- just not a great night, but uh, you know, hats off Orlando for taking advantage. You know, Boncaro's off to a, a great start in his rookie campaign. You got to tip your cap and give credit where credit's due. The Magic took advantage of you in a spot that was kind of a, a an obvious letdown spot. We'll get into that more. You got another one of those coming up tonight with the Kings coming to town. But you let down in a letdown spot. But guys, you didn't let it beat you twice. And that's what I'm proud of, guys. And again, you know, the Knicks game, you can say, did that beat you twice? You know, you, you played an extra period, then had to travel down to Orlando. Still, not a game you should have lost, but you got the Warriors coming to town. You kind of had to put it in the back, put it in the rearview mirror, so to speak, in a quick manner, because less than 24 hours later, you tipped off against the defending champs, guys. And this is the story of the week and really such a crucial win. Because think about it. If you had lost this game to the Warriors, think about what the conversation would be right now. And what the conversation would be that we're having right now, guys, you would have lost three in a row, four out of five, a winless week, two more overtime losses. But instead, you dig deep, you find a way, you know, you had a lead basically throughout this game. You know, you controlled this game, really, I would say throughout. But then you get in and the Warriors fight back, get it to OT. You're actually down four in the closing minutes of the game. But you fight back, and you're able to get it to OT. We'll talk about Dennis Smith Jr. here in just a minute, but what an effort by him to force that overtime. Great defense on Steph Curry in the closing minutes. A a clutch bucket down the stretch to force the OT period, guys. Proud of this team for fighting back because you think about what the conversation would be. You'd be sitting on two and four, again, losing four out of the last five and 0 for three week. But instead, you fight and you get a win. You get a win against a Warriors squad that was – that was healthy, you know. 
And that's the thing that you come back to. You've beaten Golden State. You've kind of had their number in Charlotte recently, right? These games, and they're always close, it seems like. You know, two years ago, you had the Terry Rozier buzzer beater to win the game. Then last year, Terry wins a jump ball in the in the closing minutes of the game, a clutch jump ball that he won. And this time, guys, you're the shorthanded team. They had Steph. They had Clay. They had Draymond. They had Andrew Wiggins. They had Jordan Poole. And you still find a way to win. You didn't let the other guys beat you. You know, Steph, he's going to get his. 31 points, 11 boards, 6 assists. He's going to get his. Jordan Poole had 24 as well. But guys, nobody else scored more than 12. Again, Steph had 31. Poole had 24. Draymond was the third leading scorer with 12. And then you look at the Hornets, a well-balanced scoring effort. P.J. Washington, I don't want to call it a career game because he's had a he's that was a, the second highest scoring performance of his career, guys. He had a 42-piece beforehand, but 31 points, seven boards, guys. What a performance from him after a very rough night against the Magic. Comes out and puts up those numbers against the Warriors. Gordon dropping 23 for you. Oubre had 18 against his old team. Dennis Smith Jr., as we mentioned, 13 points, 9 boards, 8 assists, flirting with triple-double territory as well. McDaniels giving you 12 and 10 as well. Good performance out of him. Nick Richards with 9 points, 8 boards. Teo Maladon gave you 5. So then, guys, like just a well-balanced scoring effort all around. And keeping your composure in that overtime period. I say it once, I'll say it again, guys. The monkey off your back, that is so crucial. As I was sitting there watching that game, as I'm sure many of you were, oh Lord, here we go again, another overtime game. Why do we always seem to find ourselves in these overtime games? And, you know, why can't we close this thing out in the fourth quarter? Just avoid overtime. But in a way, looking back at it, I'm glad that it went to overtime and they got the win. The monkey is off your back, guys. The fact that you did it against the defending champs, you had lost 10 straight overtime games, but you got it done. Just what what more can you say? Really a balanced effort all around. You limit the Warriors to just 29.5% from three, which as we all know, is their bread and butter. So solid effort on the defensive end as well. You shoot 31 free throws to just 16 for Golden State. You love the aggressiveness as well on your home court, getting to the foul line. You know, both teams fairly equal from the floor. Golden State shot 44%, Hornets shooting about 42%. As well, rebounds fairly close. I mean, really just a a well-fought game all around, right? And nobody is going to say, I'm not going to say, that the Hornets are anywhere close to the Warriors as a team. But on that night, you were were close. You know, kind of mirror images of, of each other. So a great performance all around, guys. And now you turn the page to this week. And you turn the page to tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings, guys. And I mentioned it. An obvious letdown spot. You had one of these. You lost against the Magic in a letdown spot. Now you have another one. You're riding that emotional high. You just beat the Warriors on your home court. Now you got the Kings coming to town, kind of a a nondescript opponent, you know, struggling out of the gate so far this season. One win so far this year. And then you travel to Chicago. You take on the Bulls on Wednesday night. Big game as well. So easy to overlook this game. But for a team that already had a game like that, and had it bite them against the Magic, I'm expecting a sharp performance tonight, guys. I'm expecting you to come out. You're the better team. You're going to come out and play like it. I expect the Hornets to get the win tonight because they know they can't sleep on anybody. You know, and you'd like to think they know that already, but you already had it bite you in the rear end against the Magic. So coming out against the Kings and taking care of business, that's what I expect to see. 
Big game against the Bulls. I mean, that's a big-name opponent as well. Still, obviously, no Lonzo Ball. We'll see if Lamelo's back, but, you know, kind of your, your marquee storyline potentially not being available for that one. Then a road contest in Memphis taking on the Grizzlies, guys. That'll be difficult. And then you're home for the Nets on Saturday. So, again, four games this week, a game against the Kings. You need to take care of your business tonight because you got road games against the Bulls and the Grizzlies, and then you got the Nets coming to town. Nets aren't that great this season so far in terms of wins and losses, but we all know the firepower they possess as well. Again, Nets sitting just 1-5 this year, but anytime you got KD and Kyrie, I mean, you got a chance any given night, so you're going to need to show up and show out for that one as well, guys. Some big games. I'm excited to see. And before we get out of here, guys, something I introduced last week, and I want to introduce it again this week, the Player of the Week Award from the Bring the Sting podcast. And as I mentioned last week, this award is not meant to be the single most productive player, even the best player, quote-unquote. Just the player that stood out to yours truly, made an impact. You just really kind of went above and beyond. And guys, it's got to be Dennis Smith Jr. this week, guys. You just look at the performance over the past week, again, at New York, at Orlando versus Golden State. Average 10.3 points, 7.7 assists, 5.3 boards as well. Shot pretty well from the floor, about 40%, 33% from the three-point line, guys. So, you know, not spectacular shooting numbers, but really just the defense, the effort, the intangibles that he's bringing to the floor night in, night out. You know, he's running starting point guard with no, no LaMelo, no Terry, no Cody Martin, guys. He's been called upon, and he has answered the bell. I just go back to that closing sequence in regulation against Golden State. He gets the tough bucket to force OT, shuts down Steph in the closing seconds, makes him take a, a very difficult contested three that he ends up missing. You get to OT. Hats off, Dennis Smith Jr. D. Bring the Sting Podcast Player of the Week Award winner. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again to the Bring the Sting podcast, guys. Four games this week. We'll be rocking and rolling with it all. Be sure to keep up on the social media channels as well. And we'll be back next Sunday to recap the week in review, guys. Next Monday, I should say, to recap these four games. Going to be talking about those. Hopefully get LaMelo and Terry and Cody back as well. You know, kind of based on reports, those guys should be back. You know, we'll see if it's this week, but if not, certainly within the next two weeks, I would think they would be back to full health, and we'll have a full squad ready to go. Guys, I'm excited. Hornets are playing well. The bugs are hot, and we'll see you next Monday. Until then, go Hornets.